Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Good morning. morning. Oh, I'm glad people came to church awake today. Woo, awesome, fantastic. Uh, I hope that you're staying warm in our sanctuary. Look, if you just need a reason to be grateful this morning, let's just take a moment and thank the Lord we're indoors today. Uh, So I am excited for what God has for us. Uh, And uh, we're going to cover some things in our prayer time this morning after the first uh, worship uh, worship set. But if you're a guest with us, welcome to Hillside. It's great to have you here with us. If you're tuning in online, I think my new friend Matt is watching today. He's on call, but we're excited that uh, you're watching service with us. We're going to have a phenomenal worship experience today. We do things a little bit differently here. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out on our webpage at hillsideassembly.org. We'll give of tithes and offerings at the end of service. Uh, in the foyer, we have a box that you can put your offering envelopes in, or you can give online on our website. Uh, we're going to have a phenomenal day today. We do have a couple of announcements, so let's not waste any more time. Let's go to Jeb. Well, good morning, Hillside. You are looking amazing today. I'm so glad you're at church. My name is Jeb. I'm still on holiday, but hey, we've got to talk about announcements. So let's roll some of that important information right now. Revised membership packets are available in the church foyer today. If you're interested in becoming a member, talk with Pastor Eric and pick up your packet this morning. Please have all your paperwork turned back into the church by Sunday, January 30th. We're looking for help removing snow. If you'd be available on Sunday mornings before church or during the week to remove snow, please talk with Pastor Eric today. We want to remind you that today we're having specialized training here at Hillside. It's for anyone wanting to do ministry with minors. There'll be a lunch following the morning worship experience. Then our training will begin shortly afterwards. Again, this is for anyone wanting to serve with students under the age of 18 in any ministry. Oh, and I am excited about some of the ministries coming here to Hillside in just the next few weeks. We're trying to kickstart our nursery ministry, and we're looking for 16 amazing ladies just like you. You can help serve in our nursery. In fact, if we have 16 ladies that are willing to serve, you'd only have to serve six times a year. If you'd like to be a part of this amazing ministry, you can sign up in the church foyer today. 
Well, if there's one thing old Jeb gets excited about, it's about missionaries. And next Sunday, January 16th, we're going to have morning worship in Eurasia. Get excited about missions and what Jesus is doing around the world. Oh, and in two weeks, we're going to have a real special launch to our grow groups. That's right. We've got grow groups. They're going to be classes for all age groups. They're going to happen on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. I can't wait. Now, just a reminder, it's not next week that they start. It's in two weeks, Sunday, January 23rd. And so next week's we're going to do a great big promo talking about all the different classes we're going to have here at Hillside at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. So look forward to that information next Sunday and plan on being part of a grow group on Sunday, January 23rd. Well, Mr. Robbie, are you ready for worship this morning? Yes. Well, Hillside, are you ready for worship this morning? Well, let's get up on our feet. Let's put our hands together and raise our voices and let's connect with Jesus today. Let's get ready for worship. Thank you, Jeb. Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Are you glad to be here this morning? Well, let's worship him. the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, he holds the victory. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be
We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Sing that again. Cause we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing. There's joy in our natural praise. We won't be quiet.
just for a moment before we move any further. Let's just take a moment. Robbie, if you just continue playing, just spend a moment in the presence of Jesus. We move so quickly from one thing to another in our life. For some this week, it seems like you've gone from crisis to crisis and you're just in management mode. This is just a moment to release, to let go. And just embrace the presence of God for a moment. How much He means to you and means to you. When was the last... Spirit, we need you here in this moment. We need you this week and in the weeks ahead. As we get ready to transition to prayer this morning, uh, I want to just make you aware of a few things. I remember last week, God spoke to us in a message talk, talking about the broken road and how, look, plans don't always go as, as we thought they would. And uh, Already this week, we've had to execute that. We plan to have a missionary on Wednesday night and uh, weather showed up, and so we had to change the game plan. And uh, this morning, and over the next several weeks, six to eight weeks, I think we're going to have to be just learn how to be very flexible. Uh, we need to have a good and right spirit. Uh, this morning, we have some that have uh, contracted COVID. Uh, Adrian Granados is down with COVID. We have several others that are in quarantine that came in close contact. Uh, you may have noticed some of our businesses here in town are changing hours. Uh, closing their lobbies because their workers are sick. Um, right now our schools are open, but you know, if all the teachers get sick, we can't have school for a week or two. Um, we just need to have the right heart and right spirit moving forward. And that means around here, look, we may have to, to punt on some things and, and, and move things really quickly. And so let's make sure we have the right heart, right grace, right mindset. And I want to pray for those who are sick. In fact, Luke Hatfield contacted me on Friday. Uh, and asked if I would share this prayer request with you. Uh, Luke is our, one of our college pastors at the college, and one of his student leaders' mom came down with COVID this last week. Um, she has had a very bad reaction. Uh, on her own, her oxygen levels are only at 40%. Uh, they've had to not only put her on oxygen, but at this point, they've had to induce a coma. Uh, the doctor, before she went under, uh, was able to read a passage of Scripture to her, and she gave her a thumbs up. Uh, and so they're asking for a miracle this morning. And I, I told Luke, our church knows somebody who specializes in miracles. So this morning, would you pray with me for that family? The, the entire family knows Jesus. So amen to that. And we're just going to pray for a miracle for them. We're going to pray for our own church family and our community this morning, as the next few weeks will be challenging. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you that we have a game plan that you've given us, but Lord, we are also flexible to the broken road in front of us, and we know that we may have to adapt to things that happen. And we thank you this morning that we have a safe and warm place to gather together. And Lord, we pray, Lord, this morning for those who are sick. We thank you that Adrian has had a very mild case. This morning he says he just feels like he's got a cold, and we thank you for that and pray he continues to be able to move forward. Lord, we pray for those who are in quarantine and sick with COVID. And Lord, this morning we specifically pray for the mom of this college student. 
Lord, we pray for a miracle to take place in our hospital room in this very moment. Lord, would you open those lungs? All the different complications that are taking place, would you move in the mighty name of Jesus? Lord, we know that you love this family. And Lord, we ask and we, we believe in faith that God, you're going to do something great through this. Lord, we pray for our community this morning, our schools, our hospital, all of the businesses. Lord, there will be a lot of complaining in the weeks ahead, but not from us, not from your people. Lord, help us to have the right heart, to be encouragers, to step up and love on people, and to see every challenge that we face as an opportunity to show people how good you are in, through, and around us. And it's not about us. It's all about you. Lord, help us. Help us to be your people, to love on them as we feel like as we need to. Be seated this morning. And I think Jeb's got one more thing for us before we go to the message. That's right, it's AG Express time. If all of our kiddos want to get up on their feet, grab your stuff and head down with Miss Jackie. She's right there in the back of the sanctuary. Hey, while our kiddos are doing that, let's give them a cheer. Woo! All right, kiddos, I'll see you downstairs for Rules with Jeff. Well, I do love kids at our church. Uh, they're just not the future. They are our church. They are our church. Today we do have that specialized training after, uh, after the worship experience. We are making a few changes to lunch. Uh, if you'll be patient with us, about 20 minutes after we dismiss the worship experience, we'll have the food hopefully ready to go. I uh, ran into a few snags with that, but the food should be here. Uh, we're going to serve in the foyer, and we'll allow you to just eat in the sanctuary today uh, because of the different things that are going on. But we're going to have a great time in that training and just learn how to love on our kids right, to spot some things, and to make sure that we're making wise decisions as a church moving forward when it comes to working with minors. Well, who is ready to hear the Word of God today? Well, I am pumped. We're going to take a passage of Scripture, and we're going to look at it in a very different light than what I originally had thought I would, I would be presenting this morning. Uh, one of the things that's fun for me, I, I, one of my biggest thrills is putting together messages and then delivering them. It is a unique challenge, and, and I, I take it very seriously. When I looked at this passage of Scripture, I remember thinking to myself a few weeks ago, I'm like, Lord, I just really don't know what I'm going to preach on this. I'm like, where, where are we going? Uh, and then I kind of had these thoughts, but then as I sat down and developed this message, God really took me in a very different direction than I had originally thought we would go. So let's jump into Mark chapter 14, verses 53 through 65 today. Let's see what God has to say to us. The title of today's message is, With Just Two Words. Starting in verse 53. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests the elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy the temple uh, made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet 
Even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why, why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. So a little inside information here before we launch and, and really pull this passage of Scripture apart. Both the Jewish trials and the Roman trial that would take place later were in three stages. The Jewish trial was opened by Aeneas to hear witnesses and that of condemnation and that heed the repeated warning Jesus gave that they, and they followed the mob because Jesus had told them, hey, you guys want to get out of here. But Peter and John did not heed the repeated warnings. They followed the mob and even went into the courtyard. The two disciples could not witness the actual trial, but at least they were near enough that they could hear and see the outcome. You find this in Matthew 26 and in John 18. After questioning and insulting Jesus, Aeneas sent Jesus bound to his son-in-law, uh, Cepheus, the high priest. The Sanhedrin was assembled and the witnesses were ready. It was necessary to have at least two witnesses before an accused uh, so that they could declare them guilty and worthy of death. Many witnesses testified against Jesus, but since they did not agree, their testimony was invalid. How tragic that this group of religious leaders would encourage people to lie. And then look at the treatment of even someone convicted, the religious leaders beating, taunting, blindfolding. How messed up were their hearts? And that's what we really want to talk to you this morning about. Is what's the condition of our heart this morning? We'll start with, with point one and, and asking a question, who do you love more? I don't think there's any doubt that Peter and John loved Jesus. These two men loved Jesus. Their relationship with Jesus wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that they would follow this mob to the trial shows that there was a connection with Jesus. They, they weren't there because of, of a cause. They weren't there because of some idea of ministry. They were there because they cared about Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus. That's all that mattered in that moment. They loved this man named Jesus. They loved their Savior. I want to ask you this question this morning. Are you in love with Christianity or with Christ? They're not the same thing. I think sometimes we're guilty of falling more in love with a cause 
or a passion or an idea, a ministry, a mindset, a routine, then we are of falling in love with Christ. We can fall in love with the way that we think church should be or, or how to do a ministry more than loving Jesus. That's not falling in love with Christ. When we, when we, when we fall in love with these ideas, that's not fall, falling in love with Christ. Let me, let me try really hard to give you an example of this. Because this we're talking about something that's a little hard to communicate. All right? So is it okay if, if I fumble a little bit to, as we work through this together? Is that okay? I, I, the best illustration I could think of this morning would be a husband who says he loves his wife. And as we interview this husband, he goes, I love providing for my wife and family. I, I, I love being able to take care of our home and, and mow the lawn and, 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 and take care of all the things that break around the home. I, I love being able to, to take my spouse and drive, drive her or the kids wherever they need to be. But if that husband doesn't value the communication with his wife, doesn't heed the words that his wife says to him. He's not really in love with his wife. He's in love with the idea of being a husband. Do you see the difference? And if we're not careful, church, I think sometimes we fall in love with more in love with this. But the truth is, is the Holy Spirit is taking this moment to ask this question of each and every one of us. Who do you love more? Is it, is it the idea of, of being a Christian? Is it your idea of being a, a churchgoer? Or is it the Savior? I'm asking you this question, having this week really delved into it myself. And being transparent with you, there have been times in my life, in my ministry, where I made choices, decisions, I even led. Loving the idea of Christianity more than loving the Savior. I've, there have been times where I have put the cart before the horse. And if you're a farmer, you know that does not work well. And, and there's a little bit of embarrassment for me to tell you that, but here is the truth. You can't change something in your life until you acknowledge that it's a problem. So I can now go back and go, and when I'm in the heat of the moment, or when I'm dealing with something, and, and I feel pressure to make a decision, am I making this decision because of the ideal of Christianity, or am I making this decision in love with Jesus? And can I tell you, there's something powerful when you have to make a decision in your life, and you can say, I made it because I'm doing my best to prioritize a love relationship with Jesus. There's something powerful about that because there's something when it's built on a relationship with Christ, it's built on a solid foundation. This last week we were out shoveling snow. How many people shoveled snow? Well, I don't know who's shoveling all the rest of you people's yards, but you need to send them to my house. Uh, I had to shovel my own yard. And you know what? You get out there, and, and no matter how good your snowblower is, right, there's always that, that level, that, that, that thin layer of snow or ice, and it's slick. 
And you'll be out there, and all of a sudden, one foot does, goes one way, and one foot goes the other, and you do this little dance. You know, anybody? Any, just me? It's just me. Okay, well, that's okay. That's all right. You guys can come to my house and be entertained watching me shovel snow. But that, that foundation isn't firm because it's slick. But when you're on solid foundation with a relationship with Jesus, it can hold the weight of the world. It can hold the weight of the issues and the circumstances that we face. But that love relationship has to be prioritized. Do we love Jesus first? Do you love Jesus first? And my question this morning is to me, do I love Jesus first? And I'm just going to be really honest with you. For every person in here, there are times where if we're truthful, the answer is no. But thank goodness for grace. Because grace comes along. And if we can learn when we haven't put Jesus first, we can then go back and make things right. That's repentance, right? That's making things right and go, hmm, I messed up here. But Jesus, thank you for your grace. I ask for forgiveness and I'm going to make it right now. And I'm going to put you first. Let's make sure our hearts are open to the correction and the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the conviction that he might bring when we have not put Jesus first. Here's another question. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? I just want you to, like if you had a, 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 a tack, you know, and you, you put it on the board sometimes, you got something important, you put it on one of those cork boards. Can you just in your mind take that question, is Jesus enough, and back to that accusation when Jesus is being... I truly believe that one of the reasons that we don't work through problems in the church correctly, not just hillside, right, but church culture. Why can't we work through some of the problems that we have, both internally and in our culture in the church? And I believe it's because sometimes we prioritize the idea of Christianity more than loving the Savior. Let me explain this to you because it's so important to this passage that we're reading. The time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the last time we hear anything in the Old Testament is from Malachi. And between that moment in time and when the Gospels launch is 400 years, and it's actually known as the silent years. For 400 years, there was not a word or a revelation from God. See, up through this point in time, when we go through the Old Testament, God would raise up people and they would give a revelation of what God is saying to the people. You've had Moses and, and the judges, all the prophets and, and pastors, teachers, leaders that would have these revelations that we read about in the, in the scriptures. But for 400 years, there was no new revelation. It was silent. And in those 400 years, the church or God's people managed to goof it up pretty good. Because here's what happened. During this time of silence, different religious factions began to form. You've got the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Zealots, the Essenes, the Nazarenes. Uh, there's several other different groups as well. All these different groups began to isolate themselves and come together and go, well, this is what God's doing. This is how it's done. This is what life looks like. This is what ministry looks like. And every one of these groups 
had their own ideas. And here's the thing. They looked at every other person that thought differently than them, that had different views, different values, as the enemy. Does that not sound like something similar to today? And these are God's people. Kind of crazy. And here it is, and there, there was rage and anger and, and just this, this, just people were just vile towards each other when you didn't fit into their group. Here was the problem that all these groups had. They didn't have Jesus. They didn't have the love of Jesus. They were trying so hard to take, take these, these Old Testament ideas and, and concepts of, of ministry and how God operated, put it together, and when man tries to put together a plan without Jesus, guess what? It doesn't work. And we have to be careful as a church that we got Jesus in the center of our life, that Jesus is the foundation which we stand upon, or we will repeat history again. Just not as a culture, but internally in the church. Why are there so many conflicts and raging conflicts happening inside of church bodies? Because Jesus isn't at the center to work through the situations and to bring solutions. I want to tell you, Jesus is at the center of our church. And when we have, when we have messed up and removed him from the center and pushed him off to the side, we need to be quick to repent, bring him back into the center and make things right. Because we're not a perfect church. So here are some of these groups, some of these individuals, sorry, some of these individuals that have gotten together and, and they're accusing Jesus. And by the way, here's, here's an interesting theological note. Jesus always brings people together. Look, look at the gospels that we've read about. It's incredible what Jesus does. He brings people together. Here are the enemies of Jesus. All these different groups. That... All his enemies. Jesus brings people together. Experience the pain of being accused of something. And sometimes those accusations are true and sometimes they're not. The Bible tells us that there is one who will absolutely accuse us and that's the devil. He says he's the accuser of the saints. And the devil will accuse us of all sorts of things. He'll accuse you of things that are true that you actually did. He'll accuse you with lies. And then his favorite is half-truths. He'll take a half-truth and spin it and manipulate it in your mind. But I'll tell you what, while the devil is really good at accusing, the one thing he never tells you about is that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again, and that there's grace for the areas where we have fallen short. And we've got to choose what voice we listen to. And sometimes we just need to empower ourselves to say, I am no longer listening to you, devil. You can talk all you want, but I got some sound-canceling headphones I am putting on. I'm going to listen to some praise and worship. I'm going to listen to my favorite podcast. I'm going to go spend some time with some people who love me and will encourage me, and I'm done listening to you. Amen? Amen. We got to make choices, church. When we fall, God is good to forgive us. So if the devil is on your tail this morning and he's lying to you and accusing you, I want to remind you of a truth from Psalms 103 verse 12. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has Jesus removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. I love that, that just that phrase. Because you can't measure it. It's immeasurable how far it is apart. When we come to Jesus and we submit and go, Lord, I have goofed this thing up. I'm broken and I submit to you. I need forgiveness. God takes that thing. He takes that file, crumples it up, and throws it away. It's old business. I'm not saying that there's not consequences to our actions, because there is. There's earthly consequences. But there is no longer guilt from our Father. No longer guilt from our Savior. He's like, hey, let's get up and let's make things right and let's move on. So when, if we know that the devil lies, lies to us and will accuse us, but Jesus comes along, he speaks words of truth to us, and we've got to make a choice, what then do we do when people accuse us of something? What should our response be? Well, well let's start with this. If you're guilty, make it right. <laughs> let's just start there. If you're guilty, make it right. But when we're accused, like here at Jesus, falsely accused, what did Jesus do? Because I think that's the this whole title of our sermon series, Just Like Jesus. So how did Jesus respond to his, these accusations? Do you remember what the Bible said he did? Nothing. He was silent. Goes against human nature. Because when we're accused, we want to defend ourselves. when we feel that someone comes and makes a personal slight towards us or dig, we want to confront that. When an accusation's made, we want to we rally a team to our cause. Robbie, come on, you got to get on my side, buddy. Like, if, you, if you're on my side, it doesn't matter what your dad said. Because you and I, we're two, he's one. And that's what we do. Like, we may do it in some... Some, some not so subtle ways, but, or, or some subtle ways, but we, we do that. We want to pull people into the chaos. Notice Jesus never pulled anybody else into this chaos. You talk about witnesses. He had, how many witnesses did it take for people who were in the courtyard? He didn't do that and remained silent a majority of the time. It's tough to remain silent. I know that, church. But what Jesus was doing here is a live presentation of some of the truths that we see in the Scriptures. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. When we are wrong and messed up, we need to be quick to ask forgiveness and make things right, church. But when we're being falsely accused, before we open our mouth in defense, take a moment to hear the voice of God. And do you need to say anything? When we're falsely accused, Jesus may not be calling us to defend ourselves because he is the greatest defense in our life. And he is calling us to live a life in truth. And if we are living a life in truth, the truth is, truth will set us free. 
My dad used to say this statement to me growing up as a kid when we were having difficulties at school and those kind of things. He'd say this to me. Sometimes you just need to give enough rope to people to hang themselves. By the way, I'm not talking about physically hanging here, okay? But you understand, you understand the, the emotion of this. That sometimes when somebody's just out and they're in the wrong and they're after people, sometimes you just got to let them have, just let, it, let the line go. When you're a fisherman, you kind of know this. You can't fight the fish sometimes right where it is. You got to let some line out, let that fish get tire himself out. Eventually he'll come into the boat. And Jesus is just showing us the evidence of let the truth defend you. Let the truth speak for itself in our life. The truth is far more powerful. We're going to close up with this last point today. The power of just two words, I am. Jesus had remained silent for all the things that were going on until there was a very pointed question directly, directed specifically to him. A question given by the high priest. Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Are you the Son of God? And Jesus responded in verse 62, two words, I am. Three letters, yet so much weight is carried with those words. Jesus would go on to declare this, I am, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus left no doubt who he was. But this is not the first time that God has spoken those three letters, those two words, I am. They might sound familiar because we see them as God speaking to Moses in the book of Exodus. When Moses begins to ask the Lord, who do I say when he's going to go back to Egypt? God's calling him back to Egypt to lead his people out of Egypt. God goes, when I go back to my people, and they go, who sent me? Who do I say you are? And God goes, tell them I am sent you. Now, I don't know about what that all did for Moses. But in our modern English context, that seems a little vague. <laughs> I am. I am. It's just two words. Just two words. I am. But see, God left it open. God left the phrase open because what God is saying is, I am strength when you're weak. I am love. I spoke to Moses, and I can't help thinking, in this moment where Jesus declares who he is, he leaves no doubt on the floor, I am the Messiah. The same promises are true now. I am. I am all these things that you need. Wherever your need is this morning, Jesus is saying, I am there. I'm your strength. I'm your mercy. I'm your grace, your love, your forgiveness, your strength, your endurance. Because Jesus made the declaration, I am, means that as a believer, you and I can say the phrase, 
he is. So when the devil knocks on our door and says, you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're a failure, you're lousy, you're this, you're that, you're the other, we can respond, but he is. He is enough. He is perfect. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. Those words are powerful and have strength. Worship team, if you could come back. This morning, do you love Jesus more than the idea of being a Christian? Do you love Jesus more than the idea of just being a Christian? Sometimes I think we strive so hard to be a Christian, we forget what it really means to follow Jesus. And to follow him means that we're going to fall in love with him. When was the last time your prayer life was more than just a list of things that you wanted? When was it a conversation about life, your marriage, your kids? When was the last time you prayed, you got up in the morning and you said, Lord, what is it that you want to do in and through and around me today? When was the last time that you had, had that moment? Maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is convicting you and saying to you, you know what, I think you, you may have the cart before the horse. Maybe you're in love with some ideas and the idea of, of being a Christian more than you are of being in love with the Savior. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you need a Savior in your life, we want to take just a moment to be able to pray with you today. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment, not looking around, not being distracted, but if you realize you've been doing your life on your own, you've been doing it apart from Jesus, Maybe you've been going to church. Maybe you've been walking through the, the, the motions. Maybe you've been trying to live a good life. Maybe you've been trying to be the best Christian you can be. But in all of that, you've lost this relationship with Jesus. Jesus is calling you back to him. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You declared I am the Messiah. And so, Lord, we come before you and we say, Lord, I need you in my life. I'm broken. I've got issues. I'm not perfect. Would you come in? Would you save my life? Would you change my life? Would you help me to make you the top priority, the firm? I believe that you are the me. To someone know today, if you're online, let us know. Uh, in the Facebook, YouTube comments, let us know. We'd love to reach out and encourage you. As we get ready to go back into worship, I want to share one more idea with you this morning. Jesus gave us a promise, the promise of I am. Not us, but Him. Right? He is. God is. 
Jesus said, I am. Maybe, you know, we talk about New Year's resolution. Maybe the New Year resolution for you is to be able to declare, Jesus, you are. This week, you're going to face some challenge this week, and it's going to seem overwhelming. Or maybe it's in the weeks to come. A situation, a phone call, a relationship that goes south. I mean, whatever it might be. And in the moment, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're going to make a decision. You can push through and do it on your own or you can make a declaration. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are enough. You're enough. Church, would you stand to your feet as we get ready to worship once again this morning? Lord, forgive us when we've not made you the center of our life. As a church and as individuals, as families, times where we've struggled to try to be the right person, to do the right thing, yet somehow in the midst of that, we left you behind. Lord, we see through history those 400 silent years when the church is left to its own resources, it becomes a mess very quickly. We need you at the center. We need your guidance. We need your encouragement. We need your reassurance. For someone here this morning who feels like things are falling apart, you try to put a good spin on it, you try to put a good you know, cover photo on top of what just seems like a mess in your life right now. God wants you to know He is enough. And He's got you. Trust Him. The road might be broken. It might be difficult. It might be challenging. But He's got you this morning. He loves you this morning. To the grandmother here who is worried about your grandchild, God is saying, I'm enough. I'm enough. I got this. As much as you love your kids or your grandkids, Jesus loves them more. Sometimes you have to take your hand off the wheel to let Jesus drive. Sometimes you've got to let go of your loved one enough to let Je- have room for Jesus to do what he needs to do. Jesus can be trusted this morning. As we spend the next few moments in worship, let's just reconnect with the Savior this morning. Let's connect with Jesus. Let's fall in love with Jesus all over again. And let's declare as we leave this place today, Jesus, you are. You are. Robbie, would you lead us? Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee Take my feet and let them be 
God, you are always at work. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. You are here. close our service today, I, I want to leave you with a challenge. Sometime this week, would you just prioritize? I know everybody's schedule is busy. Just some time for you and Jesus. Just like knock out like some time. Maybe it's, maybe it's five minutes every day. Maybe it's a half an hour segment of your week. I don't know. It's going to be different for everyone. But go into a time with Jesus with just zero like agenda and just just spend time with him and it's tough because like our minds are like oh you know a million miles a minute just grab your bible grab some headphones and some worship music just just listen and i'm really surprised to share with you could be something that changes your life, changes your relationships, changes your marriages. Would you do that? Can, can you just say, I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to prioritize just a time with no agenda, just to spend time with Jesus. I'm not going to him, asking for things. I'm just, I'm just spending time with him and just see what begins to happen. Church, we love you. We're going to pray over our offering uh, and then dismiss you and I want to pray over our church as well. Uh, we got a big job loving the kids in our community. And it's more challenging than, than we really think about, than we can even understand. And we're not in this alone. The church is a piece of the solution for what God wants to do in our community. Our teachers and principals and, and physicians and neighbors, it's all a part of developing healthy and vibrant kids in our community. So as we close and pray for that, I also want to pray for our principal up here at Murray Park. Some of you are aware of this, but a few weeks ago he was attacked. Um, and he was hit in the head with a chair. Uh, and he has had some very serious ramifications from that. Still, still is having some, um, some serious headaches some light and sound uh, perception issues. So 
So I want to pray for a miracle for that principle this morning. Would you pray with me? Uh, somebody on the front lines loves kids, wants to see God do, or wants to see these kids do amazing things. I want to pray for him uh, and see God do great things. Lord, we just, Lord, lift up once again our church body to you. Lord, as we get ready to take our tithes and offerings, Lord, would you bless those who give in incredible ways? Would you meet the needs, Lord God, that they have, the financial needs in their life? And Lord, we pray a blessing over what comes in that we would be able to do more with it than we ever thought possible for the kingdom of God. Lord, as we transition this afternoon to do some training, talking about working with minors and, and risk assessments and understanding uh, abuses and how to, to uh, be able to address abuses that students might be going through. Uh, and Lord, making sure that we're loving on kids appropriately and in a healthy way, providing a safe atmosphere. Help us to be creative. Help us to see things from so many different perspectives, but most of all, from your perspective. And Lord, we pray for the principal this morning, Lord, that has had these incredible headaches and the damage that's been done. But Lord, the story is not over. And Lord, as a church, Lord, we just we can't physically lay hands on this individual today, but we can stretch our hands out. And God, we believe that right now, Jesus, would you lay your hands on this principle? Would you touch his mind? Would you heal the damage that's been done? Would you let him know that he is loved? That his sacrifices mean something? Lord, we pray, Lord, for, for that attacker as well, that God, you would move in their heart and in their spirits. And all the issues that went into that, that, that situation that we are unaware of, there's some healing that needed to take place. And we pray that you would open up that heart and the individual would have the help that they need to be able to get the healing that they deserve. Lord, life is difficult. It is challenging. But we do not go it alone. We thank you for a Savior who says, I am. And Lord, as we leave this place today, we declare, Jesus, you are. Lord, we, we just praise your name once again. We pray already over the lunch. Lord, bless it. Lord, we pray for our training. Help us. And we pray for a week where we would serve and honor you. And amen. We'll see you Wednesday night. So staying for the training. 